it's what you need to know with a little new music. We will just continue this bed throughout the entire segment. Greg, it's all presented by Morongo. Play it safe, good times. What do you have? All right, we're going to start off a little light right now. So there is a there are these two random college dudes that are recalling a time that repair that are recalling a bender that they had with Van Halen back in the day when it had, you know, the whole deal. Groupies, cocaine, food fights, the whole deal. So what I want to know is what is the most was the best moment you had in college that's available on the radio that you can actually say on the radio. LZ, start with you. I was going to say it's available on the radio. Are they available. selling my moment in college somewhere? <laughs> hey, and I'm not you never know with this government. You never know. With the proceeds or not going to me? <laughs> go ahead, LZ. You're, no, dog. You, you go first because I got to go through the censor first to make sure I don't Well, no, that wrong. is the problem, right? I got to go through like the, uh, the, the memory bank, but also the censor memory is a bank. thing. Um, Greg, this is not a great oh, question, I think, to I remember. ask the two of us. I remember now. Go ahead. I forgot which spring break it was, but uh, me um, and two friends from college, one was my roommate, mm-hmm. drove from campus in Michigan to L.A. for spring break, stopping in Vegas on the way, in which I was a poor college student. I took out 100 bucks to gamble for the weekend, end up spending the entire 100 bucks in the first 15 minutes, and just basically watched my friends gamble for the remainder of the time while we were on there. But it was an awesome, awesome trip. And the soundtrack song that got us halfway to L.A. was Vibology by Paula Abdul, which had just been released. And the girl loved that song and played it over and over again for hundreds of miles. Oh, that's funny. Um, so I've got one for you. It is also from a spring break. Uh, we decided to rent a uh, um, a hotel suite. Like my friends and I pooled together a ton of money. We slept on couches, some in rooms, right? Like it just everywhere, right? Like just people everywhere. And um, one guy wasn't staying, right? Um, he was younger, like he was he was a kid basically. He was still in high school, so he uh, he's he actually was someone that grew up in my neighborhood. So he got so wasted, right? That and his sister happened to be there hanging out with us, and she was like, "Oh no, what do we do?" I said, "All right, look, I, I'm I haven't had any to drink. I'll drive back. Uh, we'll sneak him back into your parents' house, and you know we'll just put him in bed. We'll put some water next to him. Hopefully everything's okay. We get out of the house. So we are no joke." We are opening the door. She's got the key, right? She's tippy-toeing in, and we are two dudes carrying this dude to his bedroom. And all of a sudden, we, um, we open the door nice and quiet, and we're getting into his room, and all of a sudden, we take, like, literally one step into the room, and we hear his dad in Spanish say, ¿Qué le pasa a Juan Antonio? Which uh, translates to, what the hell is going on with Juan Antonio, which is his middle name. Um, and I was like, oh, no! <laughs> This dude was so wasted. So he was like, we couldn't even get him to walk. Like, we literally were carrying him in, like Michael Jordan in the flu game. Um, so we, 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 his dad was like, all right, let's get him to the bathroom. Let's throw him in the shower. So we, we strip him down. We are throwing him into the shower. And as we throw him into the shower, the only words he's able to utter are, I need to take a poop, but says the word. And we were like, we just died laughing. Like there was awesome. his dad had no idea what we were saying because he didn't speak great English. But we were laughing our ass off. He was not happy that we were laughing. But there was it was uncontrollable. There was nothing we can do. Um, that is my uh, funniest or at least most memorable college moment that I can say on the radio. <laughs> All right, as long as it's just that's the only thing we can go with. All right, so uh, the wild card game on Sunday between the Saints and the Bears is going to be between is going to be on Nickelodeon. It's a very odd place to show a football game. So, George, start me off. Why? Why is it there? Uh, it's very simple. It's not just on Nickelodeon. It's uh, CBS uh, is owned by a company called Viacom. Viacom owns Nickelodeon. And it's also going to be on Amazon, I believe. The NFL has tested this out. They did this on Amazon with the Cardinals and Niners, I want to say, the other day. The biggest problem sports networks, and networks in general, not just sports, but sports are specifically being affected in this case, is that Generation Z, okay, not LZ, but Generation Z, is not as interested in sports as the previous generations. So throwing it on Nickelodeon, I think, is a way to potentially get them into football. So I actually don't think it's that crazy. Like, I think the logic is sound. Whether it'll actually translate to anything is different. Um, LZ, do you agree or disagree? Well, I mean, I agree with you. I, I think that's actually even an easier answer. 
Okay. Nickelodeon. It's for kids, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's a game. Right. They're playing a kid's game. Right. So why wouldn't you want kids watching a kid's game? Yeah. So yeah. I'm good with it. Yeah. Um, and Noah Eagle, who is the voice of the Clippers on radio, the son of the great Ian Eagle, um, you know, famed broadcaster on the NFL and the NBA, uh, is going to be calling that game on Nickelodeon. They're going to have a separate broadcast. Um, you know, Noah is a young, young man. Like, he's literally one year removed from college and got the Clippers job right out of college. Um, and he has Wonder done the NBA, NBA Junior Jam uh, for many years, you know, kind of like their AAU tournament that the NBA does every year in Orlando when there's not COVID. Um, him and Vince Carter have called the games for a couple of years. So it's going to be pretty cool to see a kid who uh, works here in Southern California and I think is unbelievably talented. Uh, doing something like that, calling an NFL game, while his dad might be calling an NFL game this weekend too. Pretty cool stuff. All right, that's what you need to know. Brought to you by Barango. Play it safe, good times. Now for previously on. All right, so we'll start here. And LZ, previously on, when you and I were back together three weeks ago, um, the Lakers' season hadn't even started yet. They were just in preseason mode. Um, what is the thing that sticks out the most to you, positively or negatively, from the last time you and I spoke, which was early on in the preseason? About the Lakers specifically. Yes. I, I would say that as much fun as it looked as if last season's team was having, for some reason already, this team looks like it's having even more fun, even though there's a significant number of players on this roster that did not win that ring. But they look as if they're having just as much, if not more, fun together. So yeah, I would I would agree with that. I actually feel like it's kind of funny. So I was watching them play against Portland, uh, and then I saw them uh, their game uh, yesterday against Memphis. Mm-hmm. And this has happened a number of times, despite being five and two. It feels like a couple of things are happening to me. One, clearly they're trying to get to know each other, and it's going to take time. But part of me is seeing like from LeBron and AD that they're coasting. And I don't mm-hmm. know I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily because they kind of were upfront about the fact that they would cherry pick uh some of the first part of the season, but despite the fact that they are coasting a little bit and it may have cost them against Portland, it certainly didn't cost them yesterday. That was a tie game basically heading into the fourth quarter and then LeBron went LeBron and like tornado style and just snagged the game away from the Memphis Grizzlies. So like I'm, I'm seeing that. I love the offense when the because there's so many different forms. Like whereas last mm-hmm. year, LZ, it was either LeBron or AD or a three point shot. And I feel like their offense is so diverse now. There's it so is. many ways that they can get buckets. Whether it's Marcus Sol at the high post finding Kuzma or anybody cutting towards the basket, the pick and roll game uh, with Montrez Harrell and a bunch of different players, whether it's Schroeder or LeBron, etc. Like, there's just so many facets to this offense, and it's just it's beautiful to watch. It is absolutely beautiful to watch. The only drawback I have is not seeing Caruso. Yeah, but they'll I, integrate I, him. Uh, I as know, time I know, I know they will. I know they will. But I, I, I need to know what that's going to look like because I don't want. Taylor to to Taylor to lose time, and obviously Schroeder's not going anywhere, and you kind of need Kuz to play in the backcourt, you know, particularly if you're going to have LeBron and AD. So it's just kind of like I just I want Frank to have more time or as much time as possible working his rotations, and anytime you have a key player that's out for a significant period of time, that hinders that opportunity. Now, let's flip to the Clippers. I'll start here. The big surprise to me on the Clippers, Nicholas Batum. Um, He looks fantastic as a role player. Now, look, people forget because he went off to Charlotte for all these years for a lot of money um, and played on a really crappy team. And some guys, LZ, they need motivation. And playing on a crappy team, even though you got all that money, that's not going to cut it for them. But when he was on Portland back in the day, you remember, he was an excellent beast. He was an excellent player. He was more yes. than a role player there. Um, but he has been such a good role player. They took a gamble on him. Um, you know, but high risk, high reward. And we talked about it a little bit, you and I, uh, when they when they signed him, that we thought it would be a smart signing because there was very little downside to it. And he has yep. shown that there's actually way more upside 
uh, to his game. He's talked recently that with this team, he kind of wants to model his game after like Boris Diaw with the Spurs and the Suns, right? A little bit of everything, some mm-hmm. rebounds, some shots, some assists. Um, and Andre Godala, obviously, with the Warriors. I actually feel like that has been a really good signing. I think the surge signing has been good. But if I had to pick one that's been a surprise, because I thought Serge would fit well for the Clippers, the the Batum signing has been excellent for them. He has been great for them. My concern for the Clippers is that there was a cliff somewhere between the Orlando bubble mm-hmm. and this season that Lou Williams drove off of. Right. Yeah, he is not it, playing. It, happen- it happens quick, man. Yeah. I mean, we know we're not professional athletes, but we know one day you wake up and you old. Right. And you don't know what happened mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can't explain it to anybody, right. but you sneeze and you pull muscles all of a sudden. Right. And yeah. Lou Will looks as if he's hit that wall. He's yeah. 34, which we forget is actually, you know, a little older. Right. <laughs> and it looks like he hit the wall, man. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's very possible. Now, look, maybe – uh, maybe as the season progresses, he'll look better, but I- I'm with you on that. I'm a little concerned for sure. Um, all right, let's do the Rams quickly since we're going to talk to Lindsay Theory here. Um, I- I'll ask you this. Who is the player on defense? We've talked a lot about their defense. Who is the player on defense, not named Aaron Donald or Jalen Ramsey, that has impressed you the most since we last spoke? Oh, man, you're killing me, Smalls. Let's see. Well, let's see. I'm going to go with Hill. Yeah, he's been really good. Troy Hill was fantastic, had the big interception. uh, I mean, but beyond beyond the interception, I think he's been pretty solid for us, low-key. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, you could go anybody in that secondary, really, you know, whether it's Hill or Darius Williams, John Johnson III, all those guys I would put on that particular list. Now, let's move over to the Chargers. Uh, It's been a while since you and I talked. We talked about Anthony Lynn's uh, firing a little bit earlier today. Um, But what, what is the most encouraging thing not named Herbert for the Chargers? Um, I'm assuming the physician who's getting all their players healthy. (laughs) <laughs> right. You know, par- part of the reason why I didn't feel Anthony Lynn deserved to be fired right. is because for the past two seasons, they have just have been ravaged by injuries. Right. Yeah. So Derwin James has only played five games in two years, mm-hmm. and he's arguably their best defensive player. Like, so there are things that Coach Lynn did that were strictly coaching. Management of time, play calls, organization, blah, 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 blah. No doubt about it. But come on, dog. All those injuries the last two years, the GM gave them no depth to work with. Like, come on. No, yeah. No, nobody's, no one's succeeding in those circumstances. Um, yeah. I, I mean, look, I, I, I don't know if the GM is to blame here. I think they had a good roster prior to the injuries. Um, but I do think the injuries played a huge role in this. I, I don't think there's, uh, there's any doubt. Um, I, I actually feel like the – since we last spoke, Austin Eckler came back, and, and I think that, you know, as long as he's Isn't able he hurt to, again. Well, right. I but, thought he got hurt. Again. Well, that's true. He did get hurt again, actually. <laughs> um, but I feel like if he can stay healthy, um, I mean, we saw what he did in 2019. Now, granted, he only had like 600 yards rushing, or just less than that. But remember, he had almost a thousand yards receiving. Like he yep. is the perfect back. He had 996 yards, if I recall correctly, on 92 receptions in 2019. So I, I feel like when you look when you look at him, his health to me would be something that would be really integral to what they want to accomplish uh, and only help their young quarterback. Uh, with the Raiders, is there anything mm-hmm. with the Raiders that stuck out to you? Yeah. They owe John Gruden a whole lot of money. <laughs> but you don't think – I think the 8-8 eight eight for the Raiders was about where I had them, you know, to start the season. What is this, year three for him? Yeah. Yeah, year three, still no playoffs. I get it, but they had a really – they had, I think – Greg, correct me if I'm wrong, did they have the toughest schedule this year? They did the first half of the season. Yeah, sure. and they also – No right. way. Yeah. Yep, no they way. Did. No, they, they did. did. They did. It Tougher was really than tough. the Chargers? Mm-hmm. Yes. The Chargers start to the year was ridiculous. It's actually very similar. <laughs> they play in the same division, so they play most of the same teams. I'm talking about, I think the Chargers had, well, obviously they had the Chiefs, but didn't they have like Tampa Bay, like right out the gate? Like I, I, felt, I felt, felt the Chargers 
were given a schedule that was designed to get Anthony Lynn fired. No, no, I, I don't agree with that at all, actually. I mean, I think Anthony Lynn, look, he's a nice man, but, you know, this is a sport about, you know, it's binary. It's winning and losing, and he didn't win. Well, he was winning. He won four in a row at the end of the game. That's, the, I mean, that's, that's that going point, undefeated for a whole quarter. But that was also when he had already said the season was basically lost and they couldn't make the playoffs. You know? That's so probably why he lost his job when he said that, actually. Right, that didn't help they, his cause. They started off the gate. They had to play the Chiefs, then they had to play the Bucks, and then they had to play the Saints. Yeah. Uh, last thing here That's for you, um, <laughs> the Dodgers. Greg, LZ, I'm they here. added something, yep. but they added some pitching. But their biggest rival, I think, in the division, the Padres, have made a real move to compete against them. What, what, what do you feel or how do you feel about the division this year? Do you believe it will actually be a competition this year in the regular no. season? No. I, I don't. I still don't. Okay. Like, I know they made some moves, and that's nice for them. But from a talent perspective, we were so far ahead that it's going to take a lot more to catch up. Okay. You know what? We could talk about that after Lindsay Theory. I, I do want to dive into the Dodgers a little bit and get Greg's thoughts uh, as Dodger boy. But Lindsay Theory is going to join us to talk Rams. We will do that in three minutes. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Oh, the Wolf. Everybody's talking about the Wolf today here on 710 ESPN, and we will continue to talk about the Wolf with Lindsay Theory, ESPN Rams reporter. She joins us now here on the Morongo Celebrity Hotline. Play it safe. Good times. Uh, Lindsay, Happy New Year. Thank you for joining us. Um, before we get to the wolf, um, shout out to you. Yes, LZ needs to make the wolf sound. Uh, shout out to you um, for g- getting your your message across to Aaron Donald in real time as you had to yell. I watched that on SportsCenter, and I was like, good for Lindsay. She was able to get him to hear what the hell she was trying to say because it could not have been easy. Um, but were you surprised at all by his response? You asked him that, you know, you told him that you, they were getting Seattle, and he said that's how they wanted it. Um, were you a little taken aback? Were you surprised at all by his response? George, I'm going to be honest. I had no idea what he said to me. Uh, <laughs> those interviews are, I, I will say, I'm so grateful we get to do them. But that is, that is a challenging of a circumstance for his interview as you'll ever have. I mean, I'm standing in the operational zone, which is a level higher than the field. Aaron's like 12 feet away from me. I'm shouting at him with a microphone that the, picking that up. He's like, you can see he's trying to read my lips as I'm trying to articulate so he can read my lips. And then he's providing a response. And he could be telling me anything in the world, and I'm not going to ask a follow-up question because <laughs> I can't hear him. Well, well, listen, as someone who's done sideline reporting and things of that nature, I totally can feel your pain. And now I feel it even more so uh, considering <laughs> the challenges you went through. Now, we have the clip, right? Let, let me hear the clip. Oh, don't make me live this again. No, let's hear it. It's good. I thought it was a good job by you. Okay. There you go. That was good, good, Lindsay. You got him to hear what you needed to ask him. That's really good. Yeah, it was, it was a little bit shrill, a little shrieky, but he did he did hear it. So that's the goal, right? No, you, you were absolutely perfect. You know, I've done sideline reporting as well, but the main sport is the opposite side where we have to whisper it. Right. In tennis, it's that. And, yeah, and you that's, can't. See, that's way worse. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I thought you were great. I thought you were awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, guys. I also thought that Wolford was uh, – he wasn't great, but he was good enough. 
What was your assessment? What is the, the, the coaching staff's assessment of his play? And how encouraged are you, you know, in the event that he may be starting next on Saturday? Yeah, LZ, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think he was good enough. Uh, I think there were questions going in, right? Some people thought he was going to light it up. Some people thought, oh, my gosh, this guy's never played a snap in the NFL. What is going to happen? This can't be good. Uh, obviously, that second play, not good. His first throw, an interception. Um, but after that, he really settled in. Uh, I thought he did a nice job. Um, you could see he got more comfortable as the game went on. I think Sean McVay got more comfortable as a play caller with him. I think Wolford kind of got more comfortable and in a rhythm. Um, obviously, he didn't get too much help from his offense. I mean, first and goal, they get a couple of false start penalties, uh, another trip to the to the goal line, and Cam Akers fumbles the ball on the one-yard line. So he didn't, he didn't get too much help. Um, going forward, do I think John Wolford is – like an answer for the Rams at quarterback, I do not. Um, look, I mean, the Seahawks are going to have film on him. They're going to be prepared for him. Before this game, uh, Cardinals cornerback Patrick Peterson was saying, like, no one's ever seen him throw a ball. All we know is that he's mobile. Uh, so now there's tape on John Wolford. People will be able to plan for him. Um, so I do think that they need to, if Jared Goff, if that sounds healthy, they need to go back to Goff and, and give him a chance to get in there and establish himself. And and if he cannot do that, they do have a, a guy who can go in there and at least, um, you know, be a serviceable backup. But I, I think it does have to go back to golf. Lindsay Theory joining us here, our uh, Rams reporter for ESPN. Um, what do we know about Jared? Like, what do we know about the injury? What do we know about his potential recovery? Do we know anything? Yeah, we do. So, Jared underwent that thumb surgery the day after they played the Seahawks in Week 16 so they could stabilize it. That surgery was done then so that he could have a chance to play now. Uh, Jared was at the stadium on Sunday, um, yesterday. Uh, You know, he mostly kept that hand in his pocket of his hoodie so couldn't get too much of a look at it or anything. Um, But I think there is an anticipation around the building that he has done everything that he can and that he has a good shot to play uh, on Saturday against the Seahawks. Um, I think that always leaves some room for interpretation, right? When Jared actually goes out there, they're having a walkthrough tomorrow and then practices on Wednesday and Thursday. I think those practices will really determine where he's at and if he can play. Um, but I know going back to when they decided to go through that surgery, the goal and the hope was to have him available for the playoffs. You know, we're talking a lot about the offense. But really, the defense is number one in the league and is what, in all likelihood, is going to carry us to a Super Bowl if we are able to get there. Um, You've been covering this team for a while now. What's different about this defense than seasons prior? You know, I think that Brandon Staley has done, that's their first year defensive coordinator, has done an exceptional job of playing to his defense's strengths. He came in and he fashioned this thing around Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, which might seem like common knowledge or just kind of the, the, the smart thing to do. But you'd be surprised how many coaches just go in and want to do whatever it is they've always done. And they don't necessarily take a really good look at how to design things around their best player. So Brandon Steely did that. But not only did he do that, but he has got all 11 players. And really, it's actually far beyond 11 because they use a quite deep rotation. Uh, to to buy in, and he is playing to all of their strengths. I mean, going into the season, it was you're looking at this roster, you're thinking, who is this defensive back playing opposite of Jalen Ramsey, Darius Williams? Like Troy Hill was fine, he wasn't spectacular. Um, you know, you're you're looking at other guys like the Morgan Foxes, the the Leonard Floyds, and you're kind of like, okay, like what do they have here? But Brandon Staley has found a way to maximize each of their talents. Um, Leonard Floyd has 10 and a half sacks. That's a career high. Troy Hill has returned three turnovers for touchdowns. I mean, he has just, Brandon Silly has found a way to really maximize every ounce of talent on this defense while designing it to, to really suit um, the two big stars. Lindsay, in regards to the Rams offense, um, there, and this is something Sean's talked about too, right? Like their struggles in the red zone. Um, that continues to be an issue with them. They've won games ugly because their defense is so great. Uh, but what is what have been some of the things that the players, the coaches, and Sean himself uh, have discussed as potential remedies for that? 
you know, it's really interesting because they can't put their thumb on it. They always fall back to consistency. We need to be more consistent. And it's like, yeah, we've heard that. Um, but what can you do to be more consistent? I don't know. How do you teach consistency? But when you really look position by position, uh, you know, Jared Goff, he, he does need to be more consistent, right? Like, we need to see good Jared a lot more than we're seeing bad Jared. Bad Jared being the one who is kind of the turnover king. Um, we need to see the Jared Goff who can really go out there and be a solid game manager and not make critical mistakes. Uh, the offensive line has got to play better than what they've done the last couple of weeks. I mean, they got to get their run game going. It starts with the offensive line. Uh, and then I think they really just – I, I think that the injuries to their running back core have hurt this year. Um, you know, Daryl Henderson, has, he's good when he's healthy, but he's having a hard time proving that he can stay healthy. Cam Akers has been banged up also in his rookie season. So they need to find those guys. Well, Daryl Henderson is on injured reserve now, but they need to find a way to keep those guys healthy and get them moving because they, they just haven't been able to do it. Uh, just real quick, uh, Big Wit, are we going to see him on Saturday? I expect that you probably will. Yeah, he was uh, – he was running laps there before the game yesterday. Um, the goal was always to get him back for the playoffs. Um, this line did okay for a while without Andrew, um, but it, he is definitely needed uh, out there. So I anticipate fully that uh, he will play against the Seahawks. It's not official, but I'd be stunned given his um, he's been designated to return from injured reserve and just seeing him out on the practice field, seeing him working out. He looks like he's ready to go, which is Pretty stunning, uh, considering he had a torn PCL and MCL. Lindsay Theory does a phenomenal job covering your Los Angeles Rams on ESPN, ESPN.com, the app on television, you name it, she's there. Lindsay, thank you so much for the time. Happy New Year again. And you know what? We'll talk to you next week. Is it cool if we hit you up next Monday? Always. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me. All right, cool. There you go. We will thank talk you. to Lindsay next week. Thank you. Um, I think I just booked the guest already. Right. Uh, so you're doing Greg's job. I like that. Yeah, well, you know, somebody has to. You know, I, was I can't looking, do it. I was just looking at some stats, you know, as we were talking. And the Rams are the only team in the league to hold their opponents collectively under 300 points, which is amazing. And then there's only one team in the league that has allowed more than 500 points, and that's the Lions. And I was like, that's both my worlds right there. Yeah. Literally polar opposites. Uh, all right, coming up next, um, we have Lakers New Year's resolutions that I want to get to. And I've got – we never finished our thoughts on the Dodgers. I want to get Greg's thoughts on this potential new uh, rivalry that I'm sure he will dismiss, much like ULZ, uh, with the Padres loading up to try to compete against the Dodgers. Uh, I want to get into that because, you know, it's been three weeks and we haven't talked about it because I haven't been here. At least I haven't talked about it, and you've been out for a week too, LZ. So all that stuff happened. I want to discuss it. We'll hit it up in three minutes. Sedano and LZ, 710 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Sedano and LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. Thanks to Lindsay Theory for joining us there. Uh, if you missed any part of what she had to say, or Mike Trudell, who joined us earlier today, mm -hmm. you can subscribe to the Sedano and LZ podcast on Apple Podcasts, the ESPN app, Spotify, Google, wherever you find your podcast. We are there and available for you. Um, even iHeart, I believe, their podcast app has this as well. So find us everywhere. Subscribe, rate, and review, and tell your friends too. Um, all right. So, <laughs> LZ, it's funny. So Greg asked you, before we get to the Dodgers and the Lakers New Year's resolutions, Greg was asking you <laughs> about uh, Cobra Kai. He asked you if you were watching that at all. And you said, nah, not for you. It's a little too cheesy. And it is cheesy. Um but you all, he also wasn't around for you kind of besmirching the name besmirching. of the, uh, the Karate Kid franchise uh, in general prior to us going on vacation. And, um, Greg, you, you, how, are you stunned? Are you, are you disillusioned with LZ? Has this changed your thoughts on him as a person? Uh, because he is very anti the Karate Kid. Because LZ, just, I want to use your words, 
Mother bleepers die in karate movies and get decapitated. <laughs> and that did not happen in the Karate Kid. This is um, true. At Greg, your response. I, I mean, karate is not about killing people. Karate is a self-defense it mechanism. Yeah. It's, it's not about death. Yes. And yes. It's about getting these kids to understand how to stand up to bullies. And discipline. One- yes, 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 discipline. It's yes. a much bigger yeah. deal than killing right. people. And rem- remember Mr. Miyagi, may Pat Morita rest in peace, uh, said, Daniel San, karate here, karate here, karate not here. So just remember, not exactly. always in the fist. Yeah. Listen, dog, you guys can go on with that. I know martial art movies, too. I need somebody to die. <laughs> right? Okay. I need somebody <laughs> to die a painful death. I need someone to be dishonored. I need some people to, like, you know, fight for the cow. I, I These are the things I'm used to Wait, wait, seeing. fight for the cow? Yeah, you know, when you have the farm, and then they want to take the farm away. You're like, you can't. This is, like, my mother's farm. And, and then they come, and they try and take it away. And they do that in the Karate Kid, too. The when cow? they go to Okinawa, yep, a cow? They, Okinawa. Yeah. they yep. try to save the uh, the farm. Yeah. No, I'm still not doing it. Did Remember, die? and then Mr. Miyagi. He's Did anybody fighting. die? Did anyone die? I mean, they came close. Um, <laughs> there was a hurricane, um, uh, you know, and, and, and or a typhoon. What a hurricane? I believe he had to save a little girl. He had to save a, Daniel Larusso had to save a little girl in Karate Kid too. Did he really and, have to save her if no one's dying anyway? She was gonna die. Okay, was she was she? on the pole. Was she, she? Was, she was gonna die. She was on the pole. The pole was was swinging. She was going to what die. Kind of pole? And, 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 what kind of and, pole? And, and, a, a light pole. <laughs> water tower. Light We're, pole. It's oh, a child. I, I, I didn't know. I didn't yeah. know the limit pair of wings involved or what. No, I didn't know what you're no, talking about. Not that kind of pole. <laughs> not that kind of pole. Right. So they, there was that, and then in, he had to fight the um, the disgraced uh, nephew of Sato, and then Miyagi told him, Daniel son, this not tournament. This for real. And uh, it was for real. And even what the crane kick didn't work. Did anyone die? Almost. <laughs> oh, actually, actually, Mr. Miyagi's dad died. How about that? There was death. Did he die a violent death? Or did he just kind of pass he away? Died cause he died because he was the old master who died. And he even offered, he's like, do you live or die after he, kill, after he beat he up the He did ask him to live or die, and then he honked him on the nose. Right, two fingers go. and went honk. <laughs> I mean, what kind of karate movie doesn't have that? Come on, honking noses. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm sorry, guys. I'm normally a pretty open-minded person, and with information, I'm more than willing to reconsider my 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 views. But there is no damn way on God's green earth you're going to have me move the Karate Kid into my library of martial art films. Sorry. Okay, listen, Greg, your goal now is to get either Machio or what's the other guy's name? Uh, William, William Zabka. Zabka. Billy Zabka or or Ralph Machio. you got to get him on the show and try to con- so they can try to convince LZ that this is a karate movie. I may have an goal. in. I may yeah. have an in. That is your okay. 2021 goal. There you go. Get Machi or Zapka on. There you go. Um, all right. LZ, the Dodgers. So you had said um, that you weren't worried about the Padres making – and they made a lot of moves, right? Like they literally revamped their entire starting rotation in a span of like 36 hours um, with good players, one that you are not so fond of, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that is – You Darvish. You Darvish. Darvish. Yep, he was yep. excellent though last season. But 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 in light of the cheating information that has come out, mm-hmm. I've taken you Darvish out of the garbage pail. Right. Dusted him off. Right. And now he's human again. Correct. Okay, fair yes. enough. Um so Greg, how do you feel about the Padres moves? Right? They added three quality starting pitchers to say the least. Is that fair? Yeah. I just feel like, look, they made some good moves. I like the pickups that they made. It was smart. We'll see what happens with Trevor Bauer, where he's going to go, if that's going to change the, the the West. But besides that, they're like the Clippers. I I don't care. It doesn't mean anything to me. The Dodgers are the best team in I mean, baseball. Blake Snell, who we saw, right, uh, controversially uh, so, uh, we mm-hmm. saw him being pulled in that World Series uh, just last year. 
Um, Darvish he was at cooking the top, too, man. He uh, was cooking. He was cooking. Good God. <laughs> Good um, God. Th- thank God they took him out. Um, <laughs> um, they've got Clevenger. We haven't even talked about him, right? He's, been he's out for the year. He's out for the year. Oh, he's, he's out for Tommy the whole John. year. He's done yeah, for sure? Yeah. Tommy John. Okay. Tommy John. Oh, it's Tommy John. That's right. You're right. Um, so they've got him, and they've mm-hmm. got uh, Paddock, right? And Well, Paddock's eh. Denilson Lamette is their Lamette. star besides Lamette that. Lamette is the other pitcher the that they brought in. Right. Um, so that's kind of their top three. Paddock has now slid to four. Right, so that has actually makes some sense. So, if you're the Dodgers, you finally have some actual competition in the division right now. Like again, I'm not saying that previously they had it. Right, the the Diamondbacks in previous years have been good. Uh, even the Rockies have been good. But it felt like last year it was a foregone conclusion that the Dodgers would win the division. I mean, I don't know if it's that anymore. Right? Is that fair to say that at least the Padres could be competitive for the division? Well, they should be competitive for the division, but they're also paper tigers. Like they're just they're Ooh, gonna be they're paper gonna be good. tigers. I like that. Well, who, <laughs> yeah. we know who the best player is, but who's the leader? I mean, is it? It's not Machado, that's for sure. No, it's Tatis. Is it Tatis? I think. Yeah, it's Tatis. I think it's Tatis. Hosmer? Even though he's young, I think he's probably the leader. Hosmer. Hosmer's a leader kind of guy. Yeah. That yeah, old school guy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not okay. really worried. I mean, I'm just I'm just asking I'm the question. I, I think the Dodgers are still the best team. I just don't think it's going to be a cakewalk anymore. Well, I don't think it was ever a cakewalk, even though they may have had, you know, some victories to the title that has substantial amount of victories in their hand. I don't I don't ever consider it a cakewalk, you know, especially in baseball, because so many fluky things can happen. But didn't they win the division by like 20 games or something last year? I don't think they won by 20 games last well, year. Well, that's right, because we played an abbreviated season. There was right. that, right? That's what it was, yeah. But Listen, they would have won. I think if you would have extrapolated it out, it would have been 20, like 20. I, I'm, I'm very happy yeah. um, that they're improving um, because the Petco is a beautiful stadium, deserves beauty inside of it. <laughs> but as far as a threat to this roster, mm-hmm. I mean, dog, we didn't even play David Price. Who was supposed to have been our third pitcher. Right, that's true. That's fair. We haven't even brought in Gavin Lux, who everyone's trying to pry from us. Right. Like, we we hadn't even figured out what Julio Urias is yet. Correct. We just used him enough to kick everyone else's ass. We don't even know what he is yet. Like, so I get that they've made some nice moves, and they're going to be better for them. But for the Dodgers, we just want to chip and we're not even 100% in yet. That's how talented we are. Oh, no, I agree. I think the Dodgers can have sustained success and win multiple championships over a 10-year span. I am, I am, I am firmly convinced that that will happen. Like We might end it with Trevor, Trevor Bauer. You know. Now, that would make me feel a whole lot better. Well, he's flirting with us. I know. Well, he's flirting with a lot of people on Twitter. Yeah, he's a big old promiscuous little yeah, free agent, he is. isn't he? He is um, he, promiscuous is the right word. I was going to use another word. That I was going to use another word too. I had to stop myself. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Is that one legal?" Ah, I better not try. No, I'm not going to nah, use that. Nah, one I'm not going to use that. But y'all know what we're talking about, though. Yeah. So Trevor Bauer, uh, who knows what Corey Kluber might end up looking like, and whether or not we might get him. He's a two-time Cy Young winner that's out there floating around trying to get back in the league, right? Um, and not that old. I think he's like in his mid-thirties or something yeah. like that. It's not like yeah. he's forty. Yeah, like. But the big thing for us is that we got Dustin May, who's still figuring himself out. Yeah, there, there, there's a lot of people, certainly on the roster, that have not, have, have not fulfilled their potential. All right, well, I'm just curious. I, I was just curious, but I do think it'll be more competitive for sure this year. All right, coming up next, we'll get to our Lakers New Year's resolutions. That'll be in two and a half minutes. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Sedano and LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. When is Kendra putting on new music, dog? 
I know. I that's need a some good new point. music. I do need some new music. Maybe he's in the lab. Who knows? Hope you know, so. COVID, man. I was going to say, give us some coronavirus lyrics, dog. Hook us up. <laughs> um, I love watching NBA League Pass because I feel like this year we've seen a lot of surprises, LZ, mm-hmm. where a lot of these teams we didn't expect much of, at least early on, have been more than competitive. Like, I'm watching Knicks and Hawks right now. It's a three-point game under two minutes to go. And look, I think people thought the Hawks would be a playoff team probably, like, you know, near the bottom of the Eastern Conference. But Tom Thibodeau, man, you know, you can say what you want about him running dudes into the ground, but he's going to get you to win some games, that's for sure. I mean, he will run you to the ground, though. Oh, no, he will. That is documented. There's no question. <laughs> um, you know, but but he, he's great for a young team, I feel like, like he this. Is. Yeah. He is. He absolutely is. And, you know, obviously you've had a chance to work with him. I've had a chance to talk to him quite a few times over the years. I actually ran into him after he got released by Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we belong to the same gym. Oh, no, that's funny. <laughs> and I, I was foolish enough to say, hey, coach, you want to check out my game? Give me some pointers. That's funny. <laughs> He's probably like, who is this 40-year-old ass in front of me? Right. Got fired. I don't care about you and your jumper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's a nice man, though. Um, he is very much a nice man. Yeah, no one's nice, though, the day they get fired, though. No, definitely. <laughs> definitely not. Well, and especially that situation was um, toxic, let's just call it, basically. Absolutely. Um, hey, Steve, do me a favor. Oh, hell no. What happened? Oh, hell no. I just got a bulletin. Would you like me to read this bulletin? Go ahead. <laughs> Giants offensive coordinator Jason Garrett is reportedly being considered to replace Anthony Lynn as coach in Los Angeles. <laughs> um, yeah, he's going to get an interview. Why not? I mean, that doesn't mean he's getting the job. Dude, if Jason Garrett gets back in this league as a head coach with a young QB, before Eric gets a job... I'm going to lead the protest. Jesse can stay at home. Reverend Al can stay at home. I'll lead the protest. I can't even believe this I mean, bulletin. But Eric enemy is going to get a job. Well, as we said that last season. No, I mean, I mean, they already won the Super Bowl, though. You know what I mean? Like, that's different. We said that last season. And they oh, probably will go job. back again, you know? <laughs> wow. Jason Garrett. It's just the interview. I, I told you I would interview Harbaugh. I don't think that I, I don't think that's crazy. I would at least kick the tires. Well, he's Harbaugh been to a Super Bowl as a head right, coach. Right, right. He he has a he has a track record of winning in the NFL. Yes, for sure. There's no doubt. I mean, wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's our bulletin. Our our breaking news. Go. Um, Sorry. Steve, can you find me some like New Year's type music when you have a second there? Um, because I have these Lakers New Year's resolutions I want to get to. Uh, but let's finish off the football conversation before we get to that. So, yeah, Anthony Lynn's getting fired. Eric Bieniemy is pro- he's being interviewed by two different teams. Jim Caldwell is being interviewed uh, by the Texans. Uh, I am curious to see the list, right, like the actual list yeah. that the Chargers interview. Because you're going to want to work with guys um, who have an offensive mind. Right, like I do think that there is something to be said about that, unless they have, unless they're a Harbaugh, right? Who, oh, look, mm-hmm. and by the way, I'm not going dis- to discount Harbaugh as someone who can help a quarterback. He played the position. Remember, people thought your boo Alex Smith was trash until he arrived. You know, he's not my boo. He's my muse. Go okay. on, your muse. Um, yeah. And he and Colin Kaepernick's best years were under Jim yeah. Harbaugh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. Like, I'm not going to discount Harbaugh as someone who can help quarterbacks, okay, uh, even though there's been a rough stretch at the University of Michigan. Um, but I, I, in the NFL, there is a pretty decent track record of him helping quarterbacks. And, look, no, no, Jason no, right. Garrett, Jason Garrett, for, for all intents and purposes, has been good as an offensive coordinator with quarterbacks. That has not translated as a, co- as a head coach. Um, so that, to your point, would, would be kind of a little weird for sure. Just, 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 just shocking. Yeah, actually, you know yeah. that his name is being floated out there in this capacity. But no, not is it though? I mean, he got he got fired by the Cowboys, and where did he go? Exactly. And what did they do? Exactly. I mean, come on. Yeah, but this I, is yeah. this is Adam Gase all over again. Uh, sure, 
Uh, not, at least he had more wins than Adam Gase. Like, Adam Gase literally That's didn't true. do anything. You know what I'm saying? That's like, true. Adam Gase had one season. <laughs> at least Jason you know Garrett had a few seasons that he went to the playoffs, you know? I want uh, footage of him in the interview process. I want to know what Adam says to people that convinces them that he's the oh, guy. Oh, he's going to go work for Nick Saban. I saw that Nick Saban <laughs> is interested in bringing him on as the offensive coordinator. Now, that makes sense, actually. Because yeah, uh, Sarkeesian's going to Texas. Right. Yeah. Uh, all That's right, Steve, hit thing. me with some New Year's music. Do we have it? This will work. There we go. All right, some New Year's resolutions. So shout out to our folks at SilverScreenEnroll.com. That's SB Nation's Lakers site. Uh, they have this, and uh, some of them are theirs, and some of them are mine. Um, they have one LZ, which I like a lot, and I know you, because I know you, are going to be behind this. It is early, so I, I don't think it's necessary, but one of their resolutions is for Anthony Davis to get deeper post position on entry passes. I'll just let you go because I know this is a pet peeve of yours. It is a pet peeve of mine because just because you can do a lot of stuff doesn't mean you should always should do a lot of stuff. Sometimes you just need to be big. You're big. Just go be big. Don't cross anybody over. Don't do fallaways. No spin moves. If someone 6'4 is guarding you, Lynn, or Lynn, <laughs> Anthony Davis, just post them in deep and shoot over the top of them no need to do all the fancy moves and stuff. And definitely don't fade away. And good sweet Lord Jesus, don't fall down. Okay, go ahead. Your turn. So I've got one, another one. Mm -hmm. I need to see more Marcus Gasol with the younger guys. I feel like Marcus Gasol is such a great KG veteran type, right? And he's like, as we talked about earlier, right? Like outside of Jokic, he's probably the next best passing big man, right? Yep. And he just makes those guys' lives so easy. Like, whether it was the preseason, and it certainly has already translated in the regular season, when he's at that high post, and he's literally got the ball over his head, like, if you're a defender, you got to be like, oh, my God, where's he going to go? Because it could yeah. go right down the pipe, right, where all of a sudden he finds a cutting guy coming to the basket. Sometimes he makes the right hockey assist to get the ball to the guy on the wing that will then find the guy cutting the from the other direction, from the weak side. Like, his presence from a ball movement standpoint, is honestly, outside of LeBron being out there, I, I think maybe the most important presence they have from a ball movement perspective. So more Marcus Gasol with the young guys to teach those guys how to play the game the right way on offense. I like that. I agree with that 1,000%. I got one. Okay. You may or may not like it, but I think it's important. I need LeBron James mm. to shoot 80% from the free throw line just once before he retires. <sighs> just once. 80%. Closest he's gotten is 78%, and that was over 10 years ago. Yeah. 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 He's, I, have, he's has multiple 60% shooting performances. He's got one, two, three, four. 60% shooting performances from the free throw line. Mm -hmm. Out of all the reasons why people talk about why he's not the GOAT, and I'm not of that, I do think he is the GOAT, no one ever talks about the free throw shooting. Right. But I always go, that's the, that's the one area where he falls short, free throw shooting when it compares sure. to Sure. Uh, here's what I would say, and there's been statistical analysis done about this. And I really like this music, Steve. Great selection. The, nice I'm about to light a cigarette. If I <laughs> or something else, um, or something else, <laughs> maybe a little wine to go with it. Um, but if you're ranking the things that are most important, right, from point paints, points in the paint, three point shooting, free throws, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Free throw mm -hmm. shooting is is a is a benefit, but it is it probably ranks like fifth on like the offensive benefit list. So while I do agree with you, I, I think he, he would be the first to tell you he could do better, but I do remember this. I got a quick story for you, and then we can go after this because we got to talk to Sliwa. Lakers talk is coming up next. Oh, so perfect. I remember his second year with the Heat. Mm -hmm. They had this thing. I forgot. Tom Haberstroh. Who worked for? Who worked I remember for, that piece. Worked yes. for us at ESPN <laughs> at the time. Wrote a yep. piece about free throw shooting and LeBron and Wade and Bosh, and how Chris was obviously because he's the most natural shooter of the three was the best free throw shooter, um, but that the Heat bought this like machine right 
mm-hmm. would tell you what angle you were shooting the ball at, and there was a specific number, I forgot what it was now, that they had to hit, and it would tell you the number every time you shot. And if you didn't get close to that number, you know, they made you shoot more free throws, right, to compensate for it. Um, so that year was his second best free throw shooting season at 77%. So yeah. we've seen when he when he focuses on it, he can get there. Um, I just think that sometimes there's not enough time in the day to do all of it. You know what I mean? But it is it is if there was if you were one looking for one little sort of Achilles heel, I guess it would be that. But I don't think it's that big a deal in the long run. Well, I I think it's a big deal in the sense of you know if he has designs of passing Kareem, right? He can't be passing up these free points. Sure, I I I get that, no doubt. Um, all right, we got a break, LZ. Because we've got to get to Sliwa and Lakers talk. He'll join us in dos minutos. Sedano and LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. You're listening to KSPN Los Angeles. Lakers talk is coming up here in just a moment. And we are joined by the host of Lakers Talk, Playoff Sliwa. Alan Sliwa, Happy New Year. How are you, sir? What's going on, fellas? How you guys doing? What's up, bro? Happy, happy, happy New Year. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's uh, kind of nice to turn the page here. Turn the page. Start off, uh, start off a brand new year. I mean, it can't get worse than what happened last year, right? Hey, 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 don't tempt fate, George. (laughs) (laughs) Hold my beer. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) You you do anything exciting in quarantine? (laughs) You know, it's kind of funny. Um, I've been watching so much uh, HBO in the last, let's say, 30 days or so. So I went through the the whole – do you guys ever watch The Wire? Uh, I did, yes. Yes. Okay, so I, I, I did The Wire. I did the whole from start to finish. Prior to that, I did the whole thing for uh, Sopranos. Now I'm on Boardwalk Empire. Oh, Boardwalk Empire is interesting. Not my favorite, um, but Wire and Sopranos are fantastic. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, all all, all those series, uh, obviously I'm way behind on all of them, but if you guys got any recommendations, uh, it doesn't sound like anything's going to be changing anytime soon. So uh, (laughs) just let Uh, me know. You know what's interesting? Have you seen Bewitched? No, I have not. Here's what you should do. Mm Mm-hmm. Go on Showtime. Do you like comedians? Yeah, yeah, definitely. There is a documentary, I think a five-part documentary on the Comedy Store on Showtime. Mm. Go Mm. watch that. That thing is really good. And, you know, you you grew up here, you know, if you're you're here from Southern California, right? Like, there's so many um, Southern California ties because the Comedy Store obviously is based here in Los Angeles. Like, there's so many cool L.A. things that happen in that documentary. That's a good idea. that's That's a good one to have right now. Now, unlike Berg, because I think if, if I'm right, Greg has just a way of kind of tapping into everything. I ponied up on that HBO, uh, on the HBO front. I, know Greg I pay for is, everything uh, now. I, know I pay for everything now. Way around getting some of this. <laughs> no, no, no. I pay for everything. He's on the I up and up. Well, you know, he got a, a Greg Bergman got a promotion, so now he can That's afford right. now to uh, pay happened. for all yeah, these now, things. Now everything's different. Yeah. Yeah, so there's that. Um, yeah. LZ, so go ahead. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Uh, so let me ask you this, Sliwa. Um, what has been the thing that has been most, I guess, encouraging mm-hmm. to you? I asked this of Trudell earlier. What's the most encouraging sign you've seen from your Los Angeles Lakers? Um, I, I love the I, I love the fact that every single night, I don't think it's going to just fall on LeBron and AD's shoulders. So, and I think that's the thing a lot of people are talking about coming into the season was okay. There's going to be this depth that's there and um, after LeBron James and Anthony Davis, Dennis Schroeder, Montrezl Harrell, and Kuzma and Caruso. But I think you're actually getting a chance. I mean, yesterday is a good example. No KCP yesterday, no Alex Caruso. And don't get me wrong, I, I know they're playing the Memphis Grizzlies with, and they're missing all of the you know talent that they have. But it seems like that's going to be the theme all year. It's not going to be that big of a deal for Montrezl Harrell to come in and give you 16 and 10 or Wesley Matthews. Uh, and I know he hasn't been consistent, but to come in and drop 14 points in a game. So I, I think that's what I would say is most encouraging is that it's not going to have to depend just on LeBron and Anthony Davis. And I know the teams that the Lakers have played so far, it's not like they're playing powerhouses. And I know the schedule's completely odd to play two on the road against San Antonio, two on the road against Memphis. But you could just tell 60 days from now, 90 days from now, this is – this is definitely, definitely a, a team on a very, very short list that's going to be playing deep in the playoffs, and I, I think health is going to have to do with everything. But I, I'd say that's what I'm most encouraged about. What worries you? Uh, I think everybody – you know what's funny? You guys get a lot of this over the first couple of weeks, and I, I know 
Um, you guys were in and out and everything else. But first couple of weeks, only thing I hear about is Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee. Everybody just talks about the, the Lakers losing that size. So, And I, I, think, it's a, I think it's legitimate. I think that's a, a fair argument to make. Marcus Gasol, and I heard you, George, talking about what an asset it is to have him from a passing perspective, right? Having a big man, 6'11", 7-footer, top of the key, ball above his head, and just kind of dictating, okay, where does he want the ball to go? He's got great vision. But there's a lot of things that that he doesn't provide from that center position that maybe Dwight Howard excelled in. Or Montrezl Harrell does a lot of great things, but he's an undersized big man. So the only the, the one thing I feel every Laker fan continues on a night-in, night-out basis say is, is this lack of size or losing these two seven-footers, how much is that going to hurt us down the road? I'd also preface by saying that um, if it is an issue and you get closer to the trade deadline or the buyout market, I just feel like Palenka in the front office will address it if that's an issue. But that's the one thing, LZ, that I think probably uh, probably pops out of my head. So, in other words, Joakim Noah should just stay ready just in case? <laughs> I don't know. In case the phone rings? Man, Joakim Noah. I, I, I'd love to see them. And I don't know who that player is off the top of my head, but you would almost just, if there was a young player that, um, you know, that they could, uh, and I know you could say, oh, well, Costas is there, something along those lines, but a player that maybe has been in the league five, six, seven years, something along those lines that can play kind of that role JaVale McGee had where it's just kind of a stre- or a, a center that, that can roll to the basket, block shots, grab some rebounds, and then go sit back down 15 minutes a game, like something along those lines. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm trying to see, think if there's a guy like that, right? Like, who is out there that you can say to yourself, hmm, that, that's a guy that could probably fit that role. I don't know if there's anybody on the street available. You know what I mean? What is, like, what is Stromile Swift doing right no, now? No, <laughs> yeah, I don't think Stromile Swift <laughs> that day for a while. Uh, is, is available <laughs> these days. But, yeah, like it um, – but, but that, George, that's the only thing that – anyone's really saying and I'm sure you guys can find and you know you could poke holes and you could do that with every team but if if the issue is your backup center that's not coming in and giving you 10 to 15 minutes a game that could just kind of rim protect or not even 10 or 15 minutes like he's literally break glass in case of emergency right that's what he is right so I (laughs) to, to answer that question I think they'll be fine but that's the only thing that I could really think of um, you know, that you can say, okay, I could see that being an issue potentially in the playoffs if you needed another big man. And by the way, maybe there's a guy, because the rosters are expanded, right? Like maybe there's a guy on your, like, G League team or something that you could you can look at and say, you know what, let's let's give him a little bit of a run with uh, the big club and see how he looks in practice. Sure, you sure. Know? Well, one thing I think we could, uh, we could tell since the new year, um, LeBron's not slowing down at all. Yeah, he no. looks okay. He looks yeah, okay. I mean, no. it's ridiculous, isn't it? It is crazy. It, it, it's quite crazy. What's you know what technology has allowed? Not just him, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of athletes across a lot of different sports. I mean, him and Aaron Rodgers are the same age, right? Aaron Rodgers just had his second best season hmm. ever. I still think his or was it 2011 season was better, mm-hmm. but I mean, 44 touchdowns, five interceptions. Think like two or three rushing touchdowns, like just bonkers at 36 years of age. And here you have LeBron, still, in my opinion, clearly still the game's best player. Is that unbelievable? It's funny when you say it because, you know, when we're all celebrating, okay, it's December 30th, he's turning 36 years old. I think the next game was a triple double, right on the on the January 1st, right? And then yeah. yesterday, I think two rebounds shy of another triple double. And I, I have a lot of I have a lot of difficulty sometimes, you know, I'm doing the post game show and it's like I don't really know what to say about it anymore. It's it's so expected and it's I'm I'm seeing Wesley Matthews hit five shots. I'm like, I'm gonna start the post game with Wes Matthews, you know? And it just kind of shows how how it's so normal and I had a caller call in a couple uh couple games ago and was like Please, Laker fans, just appreciate what you're watching. But it's so it's it's easier said than done to yeah. really kind of enjoy what's what's happening. Yeah, and, and by the way, there will be moments um, during the season where things will happen because that's the way that's the nature of sports where people will doubt for a second, and it's just about being like, hey, relax. As mm-hmm. long as the key components are healthy when it matters, everything will be fine, right? It's just about kind of pacifying that situation. Now they're they're in uh they're in a fantastic spot and I know everybody knew this coming into the season but if you just look kind of around the rest of the NBA and 
Uh, I, I'm sure the Clippers, they're going to play pretty much all season with a chip on their shoulder. We'll see if there's that that chemistry is there. You might have Phoenix. They, they started off great. And Devin Booker and, and Chris Paul, they'll continue to have a good season in the Western Conference. But it just seems like when the dust, dust settles, if the Lakers are healthy, and I know it's so early, we're only seven games in, but if if – if things just kind of stay the way it is, where you have this much depth and your players are healthy come playoff time, uh, I mean, it, it's it's kind of a no-brainer that that's where probably a lot of money is going to go, and a lot of money did go there, that this is the team that everybody's going to be chasing. Yeah, no, there's no question about it. And look, the Lakers have a stretch coming up in uh, about a week or so or two weeks. They do have, I mean, not a stretch, right? Like where they're going to play. The Pelicans are coming to town. They got to go to Milwaukee to play Milwaukee. No, they so, got good know, games at, yeah, at the, Philly, at yeah, Boston. Yeah, yep. yeah, that that stretch there, you know, later in, in January will be interesting and will be, you know, decent tests, right, for the regular season. So we'll see what's up. Sliwa, what else you got on the show today before we let you go? All right, Baxter Holmes has a good article came out this morning about uh, some of the NBA uh, team health officials finding balance with COVID-19. He'll join the show. And then Trevor Lane from Lakers Nation. All right, sounds good, brother. Have a great show and right, happy guys. new year, okay? Thank you, man. You too. All right, man. There he is. LZ, excellent work as always. Hey, it's so good to hear your voice again. I know. It's so good, but then we'll be off tomorrow because the Lakers basketball will be on. But you'll hear it on uh, Wednesday. We will be reunited again on Wednesday. Only a one-day absence this time. Uh, great job, Greg. Great job, Steve, as well. Uh, Lakers Talk with Playoff Sliwa is up next. We will talk to you Wednesday at 4 o'clock. See ya.